Hi, welcome. We are here with the Pisces season reading for the collective. If you're listening on the podcast, you are listening to the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast, where we discuss the earth, air, fire, water, and spirit elements of building a thriving, heart-centered, creative, successful business and life. And sometimes, I don't know if y'all have this, but my guides frequently talk to me um, in song lyrics. Like I'll start singing a song that I haven't thought about in years and I don't know why. And then later it becomes clear to me why. And so randomly before I started shuffling our cards, the lyrics to this song by No Doubt that I haven't heard in years started coming through loud and clear and I had no idea why. And then I pulled these cards and um, took my notes and I was like, oh. I know exactly why. Uh, so let's get in to the cards. So we're going to start at the beginning with what's happening right now. And the card that came up for us is new birth guarded vigilantly. And before I even get into this, I will say we're coming into Pisces season and an elemental entrepreneurship world. We're moving into a spirit season. There isn't technically a spirit um, correlation in the astrology. The, ast- the astrological signs are earth, air, fire, and water based. We work earth, air, fire, water, spirit. So technically Pisces is a water sign, but we are uh, having a spirit season. Pisces is the last sign of the zodiac before the wheel begins again with Aries, with spring. It is the culmination of all of the knowledge of every sign before it. It's the liminal space, the going inward, the dream space that we go into before we go into the I am, the fire, the declarative Aries energy of spring. And I feel the shift already. I don't know if y'all are feeling it, but I today very much feel the shift into spirit. And these cards were right on time for me because there's a big energy right now about um, shifting out of trying to control everything and make everything happen through our work and our effort and our labor and moving into a little bit more faith, a little bit more ease, some paradoxical moves. So I just want to like kind of set up what's happening around us and what these cards are reflecting, which I feel is so on time for myself. So let me know as I'm going through these, if they also feel on time for you. So card number one, what's happening? New birth guarded vigilantly. There's something that's being birthed for you right now. This could be a new project. It could be a new idea. It could be the beginning of a baby business. It could be a new phase in your business or your life. It could be a new relationship a new art project, but whatever it is, there's something building, bubbling, budding. It is in its baby stages and you might already feel it. If you don't feel it, know that it's coming. Um, it's a little tiny green shoot, a little baby sprout that is starting to unfold. This is beautiful. The beginnings are beautiful and we low-key hate the baby. We kind of hate the baby stage because we want things to be fully formed and functional and thriving and mature and done and like solid. We want proof of concept. So we want to skip to the good part. We want, we want to just be there and know that we made it. But the beginning is actually full of like wobbly steps and falling down and making mistakes and 
mess. The beginning stages are messy and slow and uncertain and everything's very fragile and easily breakable when it's brand new. And as much as we want to believe that we love the creative process as creative people, the truth is most of us just want to see our vision fully realized without going through any growing pains. We like know that the going growing pains are good. And we're like, oh yeah, the beginning is beautiful. And like the process, uh, you know, the journey is what's important. Lip service. Look, most of us want to skip to, I made it. It's done. It worked. And I know it worked. And now I can relax. So when the wobbling starts or things are slow or things feel messy or they're not, we're comparing our very beginning stages to other people's 10 years in. And we're like, well, mine doesn't look like that. So we might be tempted to give up. Or we start thinking, well, maybe I overestimated how good of an idea this really is, how important this really is, how good this connection really is. And we want to give up on it. We cannot. The thing is important. This idea, this relationship, this new thing that you're building, it is important. You're right that it's important. It is just as good as you thought it was and felt it was at the moment of that initial spark. And at these beginning stages, it is your job to nurture it, to protect it, right? New birth guarded vigilantly, right? When it's still just a baby little sprout, a big wind comes, you've got to cup it. That's your, this is yours to hold. It's yours to protect. You have to love on it and give it all of the nurturing that it needs to grow until it gets strong enough to stand on its own. We can't rush that part. That part's going to come. Everything grows. Everything unfolds. Everything gets stronger over time. We have to trust that. Um, we cannot give up. Uh, at the first sign that like this thing is fragile. It's supposed to be fragile. It's a baby. You cannot skip the discomfort of growth and forget that the lessons that we learn through the growing pains are actually the formative foundation of the mature version. Think of yourself as an adult, right? All the hard things you've been through, all of the discomfort, all of the challenges, those as much as they sucked in the moment, were actually the formative foundation for this mature version of yourself that you are right now. You would not be here. You would not be you if you had not experienced these things and navigated your way through them, however that played out. That cannot be skipped. It just can't happen. So you can't abandon your little sprout. Soon, it will be big. Soon the world will welcome it and love it and affirm it. But right now, it's yours to love. It's your job to love it. You were charged with this task of loving, protecting, and nurturing this thing to its fulfillment and fruition. That is what was placed upon you when you got this idea, this connection, this opportunity. It was handed to you. And Spirit said, love this thing. Guide it. Protect it. Nurture it until it's big enough to stand on its own and you can be in a collaborative relationship with it. But at the beginning, this is your baby. You got to raise it. You got to take care of it. And it's hard to admit, but sometimes we want everyone else to love our creations before we're willing to love them. We want other people to make us like feel really certain that they like us before we're willing to be vulnerable and say, I like you. We want someone else to promise us security before we're willing to be vulnerable. And it doesn't work like that. This is your baby to raise. It will be running and ripping and stealing your car 
soon enough. But for now, you need to protect it. And this includes protecting it from your own negative thoughts, your own self-doubt, and from any haters or naysayers. I talk about this all the time, but you need to know who not to tell your good ideas to, who not to talk to about your new projects. Um, there are some people, a lot of times it's family, I hate to say it, but like out of their desire to protect you and make sure you're okay, they may project fear onto you or, um, you know, tell you maybe this is not such a good idea. Maybe this doesn't make sense. Don't talk to anybody who's going to make you doubt yourself right now. You need to only tell the people who are going to hype you up. Um, you need to protect your little, your little baby sprout. So what's the block to, to doing that? Um, spirit right on time. It's faith. It's faith in the process. During the growing stage where there's wobbles and slowness and mess and missteps, if you lose faith in the process and abandon this thing, it will never grow. When we are at the edge of our personal limits and our resources, we're at the ends of our patience, we're at the ends of our calmness, we're at the ends of our skill, we're at our wit's end. That's where we need faith in the unseen support of our guides, our spirits, our ancestors, our deities, our divinity. If you're around me, you know, I don't care what you believe in. You can call this whatever you want. You can call it God. You can call it spirit. You can call it the universe. You can call it source energy. You can call it mathematics. You can call it whatever you want, but we need to have faith that there is something bigger, a divine benevolent organizing intelligence that underpins the unfoldment of life, right? The mountain gets taller without your work. The ocean oceans without your effort. Your heart beats in your body without your thought about it. Your breath flows in and out of your lungs without you telling that to happen. There is a divine organization that underpins the growth of everything. You are part of that. Your projects are part of that. Your relationships are part of that. So when we have nothing else, we need to have faith. And luckily, faith is enough. Invisible help is not limited by physical laws. Therefore, invisible help is more powerful than a thousand human helpers. You are not building and growing these things by yourself. You're not building and growing your projects by yourself. You don't build and grow relationships by yourself. You don't build and grow yourself by yourself. Something else happens. That doesn't mean you're not strong. That doesn't mean you're doing something wrong, but you alone, your effort, your effort, your action, your will is not the only player on the field. There are other laws and energies involved in the growing of anything. Everything grows in relation to the great unfoldment of life, a broader divine intelligence, and you are not separate from that. It's not like everything grows organically except me. It's not like every tree grows organically except for my tree and my tree lives or dies by my effort alone. That's not, we're not that special. We're part of a thing. We're part of a matrix. We might be Sims for all we know. And your idea, your creation, your business, your relationship, this thing that you're growing is part of a larger plan 
for the benefit of all of humanity. And you need to surrender and allow yourself to be moved. Spirit season, you need to surrender and allow yourself to be moved. What if instead of building a never-ending to-do list from your brain, from a fireplace, from thinking that your action is going to be the only determining factor in your success, what if you showed up every day and tipped your face to the sky and said, I'm here, use me. Tell me where to go. Tell me where to go. (laughs) Sorry, the Bay Area just came out. Uh, Put yourself in a position where you show up and give up your hands and you say, put me in the places where I can be of the most service. Deliver me to the people who most need me. Put my name in rooms where I can have the most impact. Show me what to do and where to go and I will do it. I will serve. I will serve the divine unfoldment and intelligence of this project. Send me the opportunities and I will act on them. Right? Be in collaboration. You have to have faith in the benevolence of life. And the reason this is a block is because you may be in a position where usually your suspicion, your doubt, your anxiety, your fear, your imposter syndrome, your pessimism, your desire to control everything derails your projects before they get a chance to grow. You may have a field of abandoned sprouts, things that started, and at the first sign of difficulty you went, it's not going to work, and you gave up. This thing you're building requires your faith in it. You have to believe in it first. You have to believe in you first. You have to trust that the net will appear. You cannot keep moving from anxiety and making 5011 backup plans for your backup plans because what you're actually doing when you do that is planning to fail. You're planning for failure. So what if you stopped planning for failure and started acting from unshakable faith that no matter what the outcome is, it's going to be all right and you're going to thrive. Whether this thing goes exactly the way you want it to or some way you could never expect because spoiler alert for the rest of these cards, it's going to go away you could never expect. What if that's still all the right outcome and you surrendered yourself to faith that you're being led somewhere that's better than what you can see right now from your limited human perspective, from the place that you're at where you can only see what you can see based on the things you've seen before? What if that's not all there is? What if by letting go of some of your preconceived notions about the ending, you could be led somewhere so much better, but you're not going to get there? If you don't have faith in the day-to-day of the process, spirit element in elemental entrepreneurship is about the thing that holds us steady in the waiting and in the uncertainty because creativity, entrepreneurship, 
business building, making art is nothing if not full of uncertainty and waiting. You're going to auditions. You don't know which ones you're going to book. You're just putting yourself out there waiting for that callback. And in between the audition and the callback, you have two opportunities. One is for anxiety and stressing yourself the fuck out and having a terrible day. And the other is to forget about it and go have a great day and trust that if the booking is meant for you, you're going to get it, right? We put out our, our advertising and our marketing and then we wait. Are the clients going to come in? Are people going to respond? In the waiting, you have the choice. Do I fill this with anxiety and fear and make myself miserable? Or do I tend to my garden elsewhere and have a beautiful day knowing that whatever it is that comes, it's leading me somewhere good? I say all the time in spirit that the day we plant the seed is not the day we eat the fruit, right? We want to rush to the fruit tree. But if Every day you don't show up and water it with faith that it's going to grow. It's going to do what it's supposed to do. There's all of this stuff happening under the surface that we can't see, but we trust that it's happening. And so we keep showing up and acting every day on faith that it's going to keep growing if we keep tending to it with the right love and singing to it, giving it water, giving it plant food, giving it fertilizer, talking to it every day. Of course it's going to grow. But if a little while into it, we're like, "Mm, I've watered it for three days and it's not a tree yet, so I quit. It's not going to be a treat. That is self-fulfilling. So the block that's coming up is, do you have enough faith in the process? Are you asking for enough support from the unseen? Are you surrendering to the unfoldment? The next card is, what is the gift that will come to us through this process, through learning to surrender? And the card that came up is the shock of the new. And this is what I was just saying. This thing that's coming through you is new, like new, new. Like you are going to surprise yourself. Like it is going to surprise you. It is not what you think it's going to be. It's something you've never thought of before. It's going to be like nothing you've ever seen before. So again, I think of like a human baby, right? You can think you know what your kid is going to be like, and you can try to control them and smother them and force them to be a certain way, or you can love them, nurture their innate creativity and personality, protect them, let them grow, and be amazed and astounded at who they turn out to be and how they are like nothing you could have ever anticipated, so beyond what you could ever have imagined. I don't have human kids, but I have friends with human kids who are great parents, and I hear them all the time being like, I have no idea where they get this from. They are so brilliant. They are so energetic. They are so kind. They are so weird. They come up with the coolest shit. I have no idea where this stuff comes from. They are a gift. And it's my job to nurture and protect this gift, but I'm not controlling and molding it. They are growing into their own thing. Our creative projects have a life of their own. Our businesses have a life of their own. Our relationships are a third space created by the alchemy of me plus you makes this third thing that never existed before in all of human history before we blended our shit together. Our business is exactly the same. Our art is exactly the same. So let your project surprise you, teach you, let it show you. Part of the reason you may usually doubt or subvert yourself is that you start making something and as soon as it starts to take on a life of its own and it doesn't look the way you had originally planned for it to look in your head, you start to panic. You start to compare it or judge it or try to change it and then you start feeling blocked and frustrated because like it's not going the way you thought it was going to go. 
but you're the one blocking it by trying to make it go the way you thought it was going to go? What if instead you understood that you are collaborating with this idea? You're collaborating with this creation or relationship or business. You're in a relationship with it. You are parenting it. You're not the boss of it. So when you let it flow through you, when you let it surprise you, it's going to become something that's maybe a little shocking or strange or weird to you. It's going to show you something you were not expecting. You are being asked through this card to get over your fear of being seen as new or different or exotic or weird. This thing that you're making, your project, your brilliance is not going to look like what you think it's going to. It's also not going to look like what other people think it's going to. It's not going to, like the finished version isn't going to be what your original idea was. That's not wrong. And the more you surrender to this process and let it unfold, let yourself be surprised by your own creation, the more successful you're going to be. And I want to invite you into thinking about the strange beauty of nature. If you're visioning that this thing is going to go in this predictable, rational, neat little box way that you can already picture, you're already limiting what it could become. Nature doesn't grow like that. And remember, this thing is part of nature. It is organic. It is alive. It is growing. So the more you honor the strangeness, the newness, the wild, weird, unique, unconventional genius that is flowing through you and being created in collaboration with your energy right now, the better your experience of developing this thing is going to be and the bigger the splash it's going to make in the world. We don't, the world doesn't need any more shit that looks like other people's shit. We don't. We're at capacity. We have that. You know that in your head, but then you start getting anxious when your creations don't look like anyone else's. We have to celebrate our own uniqueness and the uniqueness of this thing that we're creating. Let it be weird. Let yourself be surprised. Let yourself, again, follow it rather than trying to think that you know best and you have to control it in order for it to be successful. That's not the key. Our guidance for interacting with others during this time, with the outside world during this time, is seeing the true you. This is very interesting. I'm getting a very deep sense of like um, judgment and bullying as a past thing here. The past trauma of being judged, being bullied, being told that we're too different, too weird. That that's a big part of why we lose faith in the process and why we get scared of how unique our own creations may be because this card, our guidance for interacting with others is about getting so caught up in what other people think of us, how people see us that we lose our sense of self. So we might get so caught up in other people's perceptions of us that we literally become unsure of who we are because we're really taking them to heart. We're like, oh no, this person thinks I'm this and this person thinks I'm this. When we're making decisions, we may be thinking like about how other people are going to see those decisions and that makes us doubt ourselves. Our guidance for dealing with the outside world as we go through this growth process is that we have to heal that. And what the image that came up to me is when you're looking at a reflective surface of any kind, the accuracy of what's reflected depends on what you're looking into. So if you're looking in a pool or a murky pond or a crystal clear mirror, 
or a flipped mirror, or a funhouse mirror, or a piece of frosted glass, or a broken piece of glass, all of those surfaces are going to reflect us back differently. Does that mean our face is actually different? No, I don't think so. We're not 100% sure. Um, but as far as we can tell without getting too lost in quantum sauce, no, it's the same face. It's being reflected back to us differently based on the surface that's doing the reflecting. So can you imagine if you were to get confused about your own face and lose track of like what your internal perception of your face was because you saw yourself in a funhouse mirror and you were like, oh shit, is that what I look like? You see yourself in a broken mirror and you're like, oh my God, is my face splintering? That would be very disconcerting. Maybe that's a movie or a short story that someone should write. Um, but it sounds silly, but like that is sometimes the internal experience we're having when we put so much stock into what other people's reflections of us are. Um, but that may be kind of the experience that we're having about other people's perceptions of us. So somebody thinks we're great. Somebody thinks we suck and we go on this roller coaster of not really knowing who we are because of how other people are reflecting us back to us. We have to, first of all, understand that like how other people reflect us is that isn't even their fault because they're just reflecting us through their material, not through clarity. Right. Um, so if you have people in your life who reflect back to you, your genius, your kindness, your brilliance, your wisdom, your talent. We need to put stock in the perceptions of the people who reflect back to us our goodness, our capability, um, the qualities within us that we want to see reflected back. Uh, we can feed those relationships, love that, nurture that, ignore the rest, limit contact with the people whose perceptions of you make you doubt yourself. I don't know if you've had this experience, but it's something I've talked about with a lot of my close friends is like, sometimes we have to leave relationships because there are people who are really committed to only perceiving us, not even just through their own lens, but maybe through the lens of who they were, who we were when they met us, right? Like, oh, you met me when I was a teenager and you still think of me like that. You still relate to me as though I'm the way that I was back then and I've changed, but you don't give me room to change. You don't see me in my growth. And so I have to leave this relationship because your perception of me keeps me trapped in an identity that I feel I've outgrown. That's not their fault, right? But we need to be aware of when other people's perceptions of us make us doubt ourselves and throw us off our game. But even more than that, this is a time in your life where you are being called on to hone, develop, and learn to rely upon your own perception of yourself from a felt place, not from an external place. And this is a big growth spurt. So in the same way that if you look at yourself in a clear mirror, a funhouse mirror, or a broken mirror, you don't become confused about like what your face is, right? Like you have an internal perception of your face, where it is, where's my nose in relation to my eyes, that doesn't go away. You're like, oh, that's weird. That mirror is reflecting me back very strange. But I have a felt sense, a certainty of what my face looks like. And I, I'm not shaken. We need to have that about other people's distorted perceptions of us too. You think that I'm a fraud. You think that I'm not good enough. You think that I'm not capable of building the thing I want to build. You think that I'm not capable of successful relationships. That's your distorted perception. I have a felt inherent sense 
of who and where I am in space that is not shaken by whatever reflective surface I'm looking into. That's what we're being called for. And that is like, that's a big thing to heal. It's a major growth spurt. Removing our stock from anyone else's perceptions of us, whether they're positive or negative, and instead putting our focus on what we know to be true about ourselves, what we know about what it is we're building. You are the expert on you, period. The fear of visibility because of fear of judgment has to be let go during this process. And I want to remind us about the gift of this thing that we're building, that that we're building something new and very different, and we're being asked to let go of our own judgment about what that thing is supposed to look like. Some of our judgment about what that thing is supposed to look like may be because as we're creating it, we're thinking about what other people are going to think about it. That's too many cooks in the kitchen. It's too many cooks in the kitchen, right? Again, this is your baby. Who gives a fuck what other people think about your baby? That's your baby. You better protect it. You better stand up for it. You better love it. You better nurture it. You better care for it. If anybody talks shit about your kid, you'd be like, do you want to fight me? (laughs) Like, get out of here. Then don't come around. Then don't be around me. If you can't be loving and supportive and like buy my kid presents on his birthday, then get the fuck out. Don't be a part of my life, but you're not going to come around me and tell me how to parent my child. You're not going to come around me and tell me I'm doing it wrong. You're not going to come around me and tell me my kid is too weird. You're not going to come around me and tell me I should be like, make my kid go to bed at a certain time. This is my baby. Go mind your own baby. So it doesn't matter if the baby in question is a business, is an art project, is a relationship. It's yours to protect right now. And that includes from your own fear of other people's judgment about what you're building, how you're building it, how you're parenting it, the moves you're making, they all have to go. You're not going to be able to be the clearest, most protective, most loving, most nurturing guardian of this beautiful gift you've been given if you're really caught up in what other people's perceptions of you and how you're doing your thing are. So the healing that must happen as you grow through this is having an unshakable sense of who and what the fuck you are. And that's on five, six, seven, eight. The message from your higher self, your spirit guides, is the word wants to be written. The word wants to be written. Again, on the idea that this thing is alive. This project is alive. It is through you, but it is not you. The thing you want to create, this thing that you're building, It's meant to be yours. If it comes naturally to you, you may doubt that it's important. We have a tendency, again, on this capitalistic, masculine, like everything good comes from hard work. We might think that things that come easily to us shouldn't be successful and shouldn't be profitable because like, right, that's the weird logical trap in like, if success comes from hard work, then we can't be successful at things that feel easy. It's a weird little fallacy. Um... The things that come naturally to you come naturally to you because you're meant to do them. They come naturally to you because they're meant to be yours. You may doubt the importance of the gifts that come naturally to you because we're conditioned to believe that we have to search everywhere for our calling and our purpose. We have to work hard. We have to struggle. But that's not really true. The thing that comes through you the most easily, the most joyfully, the most naturally, what if that is your zone of genius and your zone of profit? 
Just because it comes naturally to you doesn't mean it comes naturally to everyone. It probably doesn't. This thing that is such an ease for you to do may be really difficult for someone else, and that's why you're meant to do it. That's why it's important. That's why it's your gift to nurture and to guard. So if you're looking around and being like, oh, I wish my gift was that. I wish my gift looked like that that person's gift. Maybe my gift isn't as big, I think, as what this other person's gift is. And now I'm judging it and thinking it's not important. All of that judgment has got to go. This thing that comes naturally to you, this idea that was gifted to you, it's because it's yours to make. It wants to be born and it wants to be born through you. You're meant to do it. You're meant to allow it. You being true to yourself, honoring yourself, and loving yourself is the foundation of this project and of success, not hustle, not grind, not hard work, not proving yourself. You don't have to find anything or learn anything new or work your ass off or grind or manipulate. Your success in this is not going to come from hard work. You already know what the thing is. You already know what you need to do. You're able to do it with only the skills you have now. You're ready. It wants to come through you. The word wants to be written. The song wants to be sung. The dance wants to be done. This business wants to be successful. Your job is to let it. And so when we talk about permission to love, honor, and accept yourself in all circumstances, right? Oh, I have to love myself. Well, what does that mean? That's not a feeling. But how about this? If you're judging the fuck out of yourself and your art and your projects and your creations and telling yourself they're not good enough and comparing them to other people's, is that what love feels like? As the parent of this thing, if you show up to it every day and say you're not good enough, Why can't you be more like your sibling? Why can't you be more like that person? Why aren't you working harder? Is that little baby going to feel loved? Maybe not. If you're judging yourself and telling yourself your work isn't good enough, it doesn't look like other people's work. Why can't I be more like so-and-so? That doesn't feel like love. Permission to love, honor, and accept yourself in all circumstances includes letting go of all of this fear and judgment and trying to prove your worth through your work. All of that is internalized judgment and shame. All of it is comparison, right? And so that's why earlier I said, I'm getting the feeling of like a past of bullying or, you know, a really manipulative, coercive or controlling parenting growing up, thinking that you're not good enough as you are being told that you weren't good enough as you are, that your ideas are too weird, that your gifts are too edgy, and it has made you doubt. This is you. And when you're just like, hey, this is me. These are my gifts. This is what I'm doing with it. Period. The shit is going to flow. It's going to work. It's going to work. Um, But this this thing about... um, Self-doubt and self-criticism and self-judgment based on an internal, I just get this, I can feel it in my body. It's really uncomfortable. So I don't know if this is you like live and you have this, but this constant running um, like stock ticker in your head of what other people are going to think and other people's judgments, your parents, teachers in school, bullies, the entertainment industry, what other people think. It's just running all the time and it's crushing your creative process, and it's making you doubt that your work is good enough, that has to go. 
And when you fully step into like, yep, this is me. I'm weird. My work is weird. My gifts don't look like what anyone else's gifts look like. And they're not supposed to because I'm bringing something new to the table. I'm literally meant to be in this lane that never existed before I stepped into it. This is what I'm doing. It's going to work. And so talking about like, you have to love it first, you have to protect it first, you have to honor it first in all circumstances, including when you look at this thing and you're like, you are not what I expected you to be and love it anyway and protect it anyway and nurture it anyway. That's what's being asked of you. That's what your guides, your spirits, your higher self want you to do right now. This thing that's coming through you wants to be made and it wants you to make it and you need to step into complete honoring of your natural impulses, of your gifts, skills, and talents. They're yours. They're meant to be yours. They're not supposed to look like anybody else's. The final guidance for bringing this into manifestation in your life is after the storm. And I wasn't sure if this was the card and I put it back and reshuffled and it came out again. Uh, So it was very clear. This process This healing process that you're going to have to go through as a result of creating this thing is going to feel like a storm. It is going to feel like a thunderstorm that rocks the very foundation of your life. You will not be the same on the other side of it and you have to let it. There are plants that can only grow after a fire has cleared everything away. There are plants that can only grow after a storm has ripped everything away. The storm isn't bad. The clearing isn't bad. It has to make way for this new growth. Some of this is going to rock you. It might make you scared. It might hurt. It might feel like this major stripping away of all of your old structures. Don't cling. Think about that movie Twister. Just be be a cow in a cyclone. Land where you land. It will be somewhere different. It might be Oz. It will be beautiful. After this is all cleared, you will be somewhere you've never been before. You will be in a type of life, a type of relationship, a type of success that you've never experienced before. Again, it's not going to look like anything that you can plan right now. And I said this at the beginning, but I want to say it again. Our businesses are living things. Our art projects are living things. They come through us. And as soon as we start working with them and they start taking a little bit of shape, they become their own thing. They have a life of their own and we step into a position of collaborator with our creations. Allowing this thing to grow, stepping into this relationship is going to challenge you in the same way that every relationship challenges us because relationships are mirrors. These soulmate relationships are mirrors for our deepest wounding. They call us to ourselves and they say, okay, now you're going to have to heal. You're going to have to heal your insecurity. You're going to have to heal your reactiveness. You're going to have to heal your, um, your fear of intimacy in order to fully rise into the deepest possible connection in this relationship. The same thing is true of your sacred work. Your work shows up and shows you very clearly, here's all the shit you're going to have to heal in order to rise into being the fullest version of yourself so that you can be part of this sacred work. That's the deal we make when we step into owning a business, when we step into creating art, when we step into our calling, the deal we make is I'm going to heal what needs to be healed in me so that I can be the best 
parent that I can be for this new thing that I've created. That's our work. That's our job here. And so it feels so right to me for Pisces season that this is the message that we're getting. We're in a a liminal space. That last sign of the Zodiac, the culmination of every person and experience that we have had, of every person we've been before, of every experience we've had, all coming into the muck, all coming into the liminal space, all coming into the dream world, into the spirit world, so we can sort, so we can figure out what do I keep? What do I get rid of? What's really me? And what can I let go of? What needs to be healed? And what wisdom can I extract from all the lessons that I've learned thus far that will help me be stronger as I move forward so that in spring, in airy season, we can blaze forth with this clear certainty, the Aries I am. This is who I am. I am and I need and I want and I take up space. The cry that we make when we're birthed into the world brand new, I am here. That's what we're coming into. But in order to come into that, We're going to have to heal from our internal, internalized judgments, shame, addiction to what other people think of us. Forgive ourselves for how judgmental and cruel we've maybe been to ourselves in the past and make a vow that we're not doing that shit anymore. And through all of that healing, we have to guard our idea, our new, our new birth. I asked what the shadow is for this. And just in case spirit didn't drive it home enough, the shadow is surrender. We don't want to surrender. We want control. We want to know for sure it's going to work out. Um, something I ask people a lot of the time when they're considering coaching is if you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you were a hundred percent sure, that our work together was going to give you the results you wanted, would the investment feel too high or would it feel reasonable? Would you be all in if you knew for sure it was going to work? Everyone says yes. The investment in anything only feels really high when we're scared that it's not going to work because what we're scared of is losing the investment. I'm scared I'm going to put all this time in and it's not going to work for me. I'm scared I'm going to go all in on my project and it's not going to work. I'm scared I'm going to invest a bunch of money in a coach and I'm not going to get the results that I want. If you knew for sure it was going to work, the investment would be a no-brainer. But knowing for sure that it's going to work is mostly up to us. Surrendering to the process giving up control. It's a paradoxical move. It's a paradoxical move to surrender when we want something the most. But that came up also in this faith in the process. What would happen if instead of trying to control this from action, you showed up, tipped your face to the sky and said, put me where I'm needed. I'm here. Tell me what to do. Guide me, lead me, connect me with the people that I'm meant to connect with, and I will serve them. That's what I'm here to do. You show me the way. I'm not controlling it. I'm following you. When you show up to play with a little kid and you say, what's the game? Teach me how to play it. And the rules are complete nonsense. And you're like, okay, I guess we're we're both pirates, but we're in a ship made of lava and the couch is base. Got it. Let's do it. I'm in. Like, I don't, I don't need to control it. I don't need to say that's weird. I'm not going to tell you that's a weird idea, kid. Let's fucking play the game. That's our job. 
surrendering to the unfoldment. It will take us somewhere we could never expect, but I, I'm telling you, the cards are very clear. That somewhere is so much better than what you started with. You think you know where you're going. It's so much bigger than that. And it's so much fucking better if you can rise to the occasion of protecting it and guarding it and loving it, including from your own internal judgments and self-doubt. So the questions to journal on are, if you were to surrender to the unfoldment of this, I don't know if it's a project, a business, a relationship for you, but this new thing, if you were to surrender to the unfoldment of it, what would that feel like? How would you move through life if you were surrendered to the unfoldment? If you were looking at it as being on an adventure or a journey where every day you didn't know what was going to happen, but you were excited to see, what decisions would you make? How would it be different than showing up thinking you know what's best You know how the end is supposed to look and you're going to try to force it to be that way, which sets you up for struggle. How different would it be if you showed up surrendered to the unfoldment? How would you move? All right. Those are the cards. It feels very on point for me. I'm going to go sit with this for a little while longer. Um, if you have questions about anything that came up today, please feel free to reach out. Um, if you are listening to this on the podcast, thank you for being here. Thank you for joining me. You can follow me on Instagram at intuitive edge coaching, hop in my DMS. Let me know what you thought of this. Please leave a like a star, a review, share it with a friend, screenshot it. If you're listening on the podcast, or even if you're following along on Instagram, these will be saved to my page. So please feel free to share. Sorry that I had to split it into two parts because of our tech hiccup in the middle. Um, and my last little plug for Pisces season, um, if this spoke to you and the thing that you want to birth and unfold, you want support for, I have three coaching spots available right now for one-on-one coaching. I am booking elemental CEO coaching days for March and April. And the link for both of those things is in my bio. And, uh, the doors are open right now for round two of the 90 day sensual movement manifestation challenge. So if you want to work on some of the, um, healing processes that we talked about through movement in community, that's a really great space. And we're starting on March 1st. It will carry us through May 31st. So right through that, uh, Aries transition. Yeah. All right. That's what I've got for us. Have a great day. Okay. Love you. Bye. That's our episode for today. Thank you as always for being here and for listening to the podcast. I know there are so many things that you could be doing with your time. So many things you could be listening to. It is an honor that you choose to be here. Connect with me on Instagram at intuitive edge coaching or join my Facebook group unstuck group to suggest topics or people that you'd like to hear me interview on this show. Have a great day.